the mic. <laughs> this should be interesting. <laughs> hey, y'all. Welcome to we're, our podcast. Where we're sitting on a floor. <laughs> this is our new normal. <laughs> yeah. Taylor's uh, moving out here this week and we still needed a place to record. So we're still recording in your house. Just on the floor of what used to be known as the pod lab. <laughs> the office. It's no longer existent. It has nothing. Yeah. No, like nothing. My shoes, yeah. my water bottle, and then us. So if you hear an echo, it's because the walls are blank. And it's an empty room. It's an empty room. <laughs> so sad, yet so exciting. Very exciting. But this is weird. This is kind of bizarre. I'm not going to move. I'm going to try my best. Yeah. I really envisioned myself like laying on my stomach and like recording. <laughs> Being super Via comfy. laying down. <laughs> nope not today i don't think that's gonna happen maybe we'll invest in your new house we'll invest in some comfy comfy chairs Um, some bean bags does anyone want to sponsor us uh please (laughs) help us um but for real we're going to a gala though for our school so maybe we'll get some sponsors that's kind of cool so we could totally do that we should we should do that we need some sponsors (laughs) i don't know how to work the whole sponsor thing i don't understand but like we'll learn if you have a good product and you want to be sponsored, reach out. <laughs> only good products. Yeah. No phony baloney stuff. We don't need none of those. Not only sponsor things that we believe in. There we go. Like, you should be able to sponsor, what's that test? Yeah. The hormone <laughs> test you did. Oh, the modern fertility? Yeah, they should sponsor us because you did it. Oh, okay. And you spoke good things about it. I spoke good. <laughs> what did Out would say in our meeting? Oh, Less gosh. words, more good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think he was quoting The Office. That's my... Oh! You did not pick up on that? No, I thought he was just being funny. Oh, no. I'm Oh, I'm going to ask <laughs> him, but words. I'm fairly certain that that was For from The fewer Office. fewer words, less... No. He's shoot. like, less words... More good. More good. That's something Kevin would say, huh? He did say that. <laughs> Have you not seen that episode? I don't know. I've seen... <laughs> we've been watching, like... We started over, but I've already, like... I've seen them all. Oh, yeah. It's just repeating it. No, there's head. an episode where Kevin um, wants to save time, so he speaks less words. Oh, my gosh. And then they're is like, that in the later ones? or oh, I don't even remember. I don't like the you later You office ones. nerds out there, tell me what season that's in. Yeah, can you give me an episode and a timestamp? That, yes. I'm so sorry. I'm moving my microphone. So, oh, welcome. Wait. Yeah. Oh, wait, what? No, yeah, welcome. Oh, yeah. Because this is teacher's talk, and we have yet to say that. We have yet to say anything about teaching. We're still teachers. Yes, we are. That like to talk. And we had our first week this week. We did. We have a brand new bunch of 30 kiddos each. Um, Make that 29, because oh, we still that's have so true. two open spots. <laughs> this has never happened before, but we started this school year with 29 students they always have those spots filled so we are both waiting on a new student yeah there was a lot of movement like students moving and dropping out last second yeah yeah so we can't wait to meet who those children will be i hope it's a girl (laughs) yeah you have a buttload of boys y'all i have 19 boys and 10 girls yeah i'm i'm struggling already (laughs) I, cause they have, you can't do boy, girl, boy, girl, no girl, goyle. <laughs> girl. no goyle. <laughs> so I have so many boys sitting next to each other and they're all friends and it's Oy. just, it's hard. So how many do I have? I have at least 16 boys. I think you have 16 or 
16 maybe maybe 17 yeah no they are it's boy stacked this year boy stacked class but they're very very sweet boys and girls Mm -hmm. across the board yeah i'm excited me too first two days i feel like all i did was talk at them so i'm excited to finally talk with them and teach things how do you feel your procedures went fine fine yeah i would say fine as well like i've done it the same way i've done it every single year but Mm -hmm. it definitely i think i need to practice them a lot this year dr jeffries came in while i was practicing or going over procedures which procedure um it was actually just the end of my powerpoint where i was going over like how to get my attention oh good the um what was the other one I can't even remember, but it, it was definitely the one where I was talking about like how you can get my attention, how to, not to get my attention. Mm, yes. So I made it really fun for them. They yeah. all got to shout out at me. Love that one. Um, and she left me a nice little note that was like, I've never like, or not never, but she's like, I can finally say that it's actually enjoyable to watch you teach procedures because she was like, it's so fun. Like you made it so fun, whatever. Yeah. So That's pretty happy so with that. She came in during mojo time. Oh, did us. she? That yeah. always terrifies me. Did she say anything? No, she didn't say anything. That's she, good. I mean, I think she understands why. Mm-hmm. So those of you that aren't familiar with Mojo, go to classdojo.com. There's some videos on like growth mindset and the character's name is Mojo. So we just call it Mojo Mindset Time. Mm-hmm. And we only do it. We are a school that does not place emphasis on technology. And so we watch these videos for the first like week Mm -hmm. and a half basically. And it just helps us discuss mindset and what that should look like in our classrooms and how we can help develop a growth mindset in our students. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) she came in. Yeah, she didn't say she was like, this is such a warm and inviting environment, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 which was super nice. But I know that one of the second grade teachers got in trouble for last playing those year. videos last year yeah, that's from a worried. different administrator who mm-hmm. no longer works with us. But I was like, when she walked in, my heart kind of skipped a beat because oh, I was like, for sure. oh my gosh, I hope that she understands the why behind. And I think she do does this. because Carter's been doing it for years. years. So years I think she knows why we do them, which yeah. is good. And I love them. And the I kids love too. them. So it's They fun. are like, so what's the right word? Like enthralled thank you enthralled by mojo like they are just staring at him i'm like this is great i'm a big (laughs) fan and it's always after special yeah and we did a little stretch beforehand because we had french and they were like checked out (laughs) mentally yes (laughs) after that well that kind of brings me so after these first two days i started thinking back to when what i'm going to talk about today is with the like executive functioning skills and I'm like looking at a few of my students already and I'm like "Mm, I think we might have some executive functioning difficulties in this Mm -hmm. class (laughs) so that's why I kind of wanted to do this episode today is to kind of go into a little bit of that um because I don't know if you're seeing it in your class as well but there are some some definite uh executives of opportunity thank and executive you. functioning thank you that's very nicely worded indeed <laughs> indeed <laughs> but yeah do you want to just I, I can just start i was gonna say we should anything. just jump right in but as you were talking when mm-hmm. i said indeed i had this flashback oh. to me i was going to sleep last night and then sometimes before we record i like 
think about what I'm gonna say like in the next episode yeah as our intro and I just remember laughing to myself oh gosh because I was talking very sophisticated and I was Mm -hmm. like that would be a really funny intro but (laughs) here we are sitting on the floor not being sophisticated no sophistication whatsoever (laughs) it's fine it's fine okay jump in do it cool so this for those of you that have listened to the I did two episodes on this. Yeah. As you talk, I can look up what episodes. Cool. I read this book, The Impulsive Disorganized Child, which is solutions for parenting kids with executive functioning difficulties. Um, This book is by James W. Forgan and Mary Ann Ritchie. Ricky. Ritchie. Um, but it's a really, really good read. And, uh, I did post something on our Instagram a while ago on which chapters people wanted me to go over. And this was one of the chapters. So this chapter specifically is chapter four and it's about keeping information in the working memory. And I wanted to go into, you know, some tips for teachers, especially as we're starting this new year. If you are seeing some students maybe with some executive functioning difficulties and, I can actually I was going to scroll back in my notes just to yeah. explain executive functioning really well, quick again but which episodes if you want to listen to it it was episode four to four to five four five 45 and 48 it was our one year episode oh that's, so that's part right. one and part two but this one will focus on a different executive functioning skill also yes. as you're pulling up your notes uh-huh. I forgot to mention um, as we got back into school, I did re-listen to our episodes on Love and Logic uh-huh. and Lost at School, and I'm really glad that we that I did. Oh, good. And that we recorded that, so I don't have to reread the book, even though I yeah. want to. <laughs> um, but it really helped with the first week yeah. thus far. I should do that as well. It was so helpful. I needed that refresher. Good. I'm, I'll do that. Because I did go back and listen to our Mathematics for Human Flourishing, just because we were going into um, our summit with... Francis Sue and yeah. I wanted a little refresher but I should go back and do that as well uh let's see I just wanted to pull up just to kind of refresh everybody on what executive functioning is so again if your child has weak executive functions he may be impulsive and say things without stopping to think uh, already off the bat I have um, a student that does this so multiple multiple but multiple. one specific student where I was like mm, I don't know if she oh can boy. help it. <laughs> uh, she may do her homework but forget to turn it in. His or her room is a mess and completing tasks or daily tasks like brushing teeth take constant reminders. Your child may be forgetful, easily distracted, off task, or have organizational difficulties. Your child's body is present in school, but sometimes you may wonder where his or her mind is during school hours. This is a big one because I have a, a student already that I'm like, I say their name and he's not even there's no response there's no he doesn't respond to his name so i think i'm i think i'm starting to pick up on some little things like that Mm -hmm. a couple more she comes home without her assignments and sometimes it's like he has not been taught the material because you have to reteach it i am very glad that we are revisiting this same because that to me rings very true at least right now for yeah (laughs) some students that i'm seeing well it's like we did talk to Carter and it's like we do have to remember that these are incoming first graders like these are also students that um at least for our grade level Mm -hmm. we're in preschool when COVID hit so there are just like new factors that we have to um be mindful of as we start this year and 
to try and help build the skills that they might be lacking. And I was actually talking to a parent of a former student last night and she, cause I was telling her that this might be kind of a, a challenging class just because they were um, in preschool when COVID hit. And I was telling her, you know, some, a, a good amount of my students are kind of just like, not fully there and she brought out the point of like well they were probably during covid just in front of a screen yeah. a lot of the time yeah at such a young age so i think we're really going to start to see the effects of mm-hmm. covid with this group and probably the next group right. of students as well yeah. at least so the first graders that are coming up yeah yeah maybe i who knows that's right. just my like speculation well, but will be fresh you know yeah yeah. hopefully for the most part but you have a student who's never been to school yes i do that's really new for that us, is at least she's been homeschooled um she i guess she did go to preschool but she's been homeschooled so we'll see she's very very sweet but i don't know how she is academically yet but starting off i liked this quote in the beginning because each chapter starts out with a quote so i really liked this one it said there are no failures just experiences and your reactions to them Mm, and that's by tom kraus 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 so working memory is what we're going to talk about today and this part is asking like what you are looking for essentially if it's a working memory problem so if the behaviors listed below describe your child then you're probably in the right place it's probably a working memory issue if your child fails to turn in homework that you spent hours helping them complete gets to sports practice with only half of the required equipment can't remember teacher directions long enough to complete the task forgets directions in the middle of the job doesn't remember to use punctuation when writing uh when writing a composition completes only one step of a two direction or sorry two step direction oh my gosh or zero honestly uh can't be counted on to deliver a message correctly forgets the sequence of operations and solving a math problem and the last one says does poorly on reading comprehension tasks because of difficulty keeping details of a story in mind so those are just some things to look out for in case you're wondering like is this a working memory issue which again working memory plays into the executive functioning skills this is a good one yes i can already tell (laughs) i'm now laying on my stomach yeah she moved good what is working memory so here are some things just kind of some basic outlines of what the working memory is working memory is the ability to hold on to information information i can't speak today so this should be really fun (laughs) i'm gonna put an accent on every single (laughs) every single multi-syllable word apparently let me start over redo redo rewind what is working memory it is the ability to hold on to information which is previously learned so it can be used in future to complete a task so basically the things that you learn and then to use what you learned in a task in the future ideally your working memory brings together newly learned information in the short-term memory with information in the long-term memory to guide actions oh boy the dogs (laughs) You might hear dogs in the background. Sorry about it. We're currently like selling things. So David (laughs) is taking care of that. Um, So once again, it's like taking that new information Mm -hmm. and then kind of pairing it with your long-term memory and using that to guide different 
actions and steps. It's important to be able to bring up information in your memory related to a specific task, hold on to it, and then use it. So if you think your child has not learned from previous mistakes, it could be the fault of a poor working memory. Interesting, yeah. I didn't know if you were going to say anything. (laughs) No. Uh, Many people with weak working memory also have poor organizational skills, which Mm. I think just goes along with executive functioning as a whole. Right. Because they struggle with the organizational skills. Um, So the load that's placed on their working memory is even greater. So an example would be, if Joey, if Joey had no system for organizing materials that he needed for school each day, therefore in the morning he had to remember what he needed for school and where he put his jacket, his backpack, his lunchbox, and then when his mother helped him establish an organizational system, his jacket and backpack were always up by the door mm-hmm. and that significantly reduced the load on his working memory. So essentially like when you put these systems in place, it kind of takes a little bit of a load off that memory, that working memory, because yeah. you can always rely on your backpack and your jacket to be in this spot. So I think that's big, especially for us. Yes. Having procedures, yes. and I'll bring it back to our procedures, but having that reliability that it's always going to work this way. Mm-hmm. That way they don't have to use that working memory as much. Yeah. And I will say as a teacher, it's super helpful if you parents are listening Mm. that you create a system at home Mm -hmm. to where you're setting out outfits for the next day so like for us it would be the uniform Mm -hmm. in the same spot every single day exactly what they need belt included and then same thing with the backpack like have a routine Mm -hmm. for doing your homework checking it off placing it back in the backpack then putting the backpack like near the door or wherever you exit the the household mm-hmm. like have a system so that that morning routine is smooth and they can can like easily transition into the school day oh yeah because you have I mean and there will always be hectic mornings for sure yeah. but the more reliable your organization is in the morning the easier they can transition into the morning at school mm-hmm. where then they can unpack and they can be ready for the day because if you start your day off and I tell my the students this all the time if you start your day off feeling like hectic mm-hmm. and frazzled then that sets the tone for the rest of the day right so well, even as an adult I have to do that. like my clothes are set out I sometimes do the week like mm-hmm. I put out the whole week's outfits in one spot of my closet yeah good or for you. <laughs> even the next day depending on how ambitious I'm feeling yeah um, but my lunchbox is in the same spot my backpack is in the same spot so even at 27 like mm-hmm. these are skills that or I guess I should say tasks that I do mm-hmm. and my routine that sets me up for success the next day yeah always exactly then with so that's kind of just the overall like what the working memory is. This next part is again just going into the developmental context of it. So an important factor in memory is the child's ability to prevent distractions and irrelevant information from interfering with learning. Oh, that's a big (laughs) in. It is. And it's also very important to provide a stimulating environment with access to opportunities. We say this all the time with access to opportunities to experience new things as a way of improving your child's memory. Mm -hmm. By expanding exposure, you give children greater context for classifying information. So I feel like that's always something we say is, you know, connecting those 
neurons, right? Mm-hmm. And and um, you want to make sure that you you are exposing them to as much as possible so that they can, again, with their working memory, kind of keep right. keep that that muscle moving, right? Well, Your yeah. brain is is a mu- like it, it needs to be worked yeah. like a muscle. They always, I mean, you create new synapses mm-hmm. or however you pronounce it. But mm-hmm. like I've seen parents because I have a couple of friends that now have babies, but it's the aquarium it's the zoo it's the mall the park Mm -hmm. like there's so many opportunities walks in the morning going to a coffee shop like you name it reading your child yeah yeah read a book i don't care how old your child is day no in the womb start reading to them for (laughs) real yeah they pick up on language even in the womb Mm -hmm. so there are ways to to bond with your child before they're even born i think I had to look it up again because I thought, I think they develop in, in the womb, they develop their mm-hmm. ear drums or their hearing essentially at like, I want to say it's 12 weeks. Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. I, remember I had to look it up. Our milestone chart. I know. I'm going to have to print that when I have babies. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. Okay. For sure. But yeah, it's just exposing them to as much as you can. Um, at a young age so that they are they have those experiences and then when they learn something new they can connect those mm-hmm. new that new information to past experiences it also creates excitement you know it like does. oh i've seen a starfish before i know what she's talking about here yes. she is talking about you exactly. know exactly things like, especially being in arizona <laughs> i think of like aquariums. oh yeah aquariums all the time <laughs> Um, so just like in previous episodes, I do, I'm skipping over the working memory at home, uh, just because I wanted to dive into the school aspect of it. So if you are a parent and you're curious, you can go, um, back and read the at home part, but I am just going to kind of go into the, the school part, um, with working memory issues in school. sorry, working memory issues in school become more apparent as the child progresses through grades. So in preschool and kindergarten, the teacher orally and with gestures prompts children and their daily tasks and often obviously uses visual reminders as well. And we still do this in second grade, but you, you for sure see it a lot in the younger grades. They may require number and letter strips on their desks as they may forget easily how they are formed. So again, kindergarten, we, I mean, we have our letters up on the wall still, even in second grade. I was going to say, that's just a best practice. Yes. Even with ELL students, mm-hmm. like teachers should be providing like oral and visual prompts. Yes. You know, your idea, like the one, two, three, mm-hmm. I don't know, Th- that should just be we need visuals. As oh, yeah. Beings. Oh, yeah. And and we know that there are all different types of learners, but mm-hmm. I feel like the like the most common is having those visual learners. Yeah. Um, children with these difficulties have weakness with the visual spatial sketch pad, which holds and uses visual and spatial materials. Um, that kind of confused me, I think, when I read it, but it says visual spatial skills are very developmental in nature and occur along a continuum at various times for different children. It's important to remember that reversals of letters and numbers can be developmental until the age of eight, which yes. for those of you like us that are second grade teachers, we see it at the beginning of the year. 
Yeah. But it should start to trickle off towards mm-hmm. the middle to end of year. And if it doesn't, that's when it can be a little bit concerning. Right. So if throughout the year, if they're still reversing, reverse, oh my gosh, what's happening to me right now? <laughs> I cannot speak. <laughs> if they're still reversing that. those letters by the end of second grade, you can probably start to like, um, maybe, I don't know. I would say prompt parents yeah. and then prompt them. Feel compelled to reach out to your pediatrician if you find this concerning. Yeah, exactly. Don't, again, we've been over this. Don't tell them to go to their pediatrician because yeah. your school can be held liable yeah. for that. And also do not ever, I repeat, ever self-diagnose a child with dyslexia. Uh, don't. Anything, anything, not just dyslexia, anything, anything. but in relation to reversals of letters and numbers being Mm -hmm. prevalent until age eight, like you don't, you don't get to make that decision. So my kinder first and second grade teachers and preschool and younger, Mm -hmm. that's not your job unless you are certified to do that. You are not a doctor. Nope. And that is a big thing that they talked about at our school is we are not doctors. We are not psychologists. If you see something, it can be as simple as, hey, I am noticing that they are doing this. But it is not, hey, I'm noticing that they're reversing their letters. They probably are dyslexic. You should probably go get it diagnosed. I know. That's not Not your job. Not our place. So let's see. That was just, let's see, that was in school. Oh, no, I have a few more. Sorry. Examples of how executive functioning difficulties in a working memory appear in school. So if you see these things at school, it could be a working memory issue. They And this it relates a lot to the examples I gave before, which were more like at home, but there's still obviously things in school. They can't remember their teacher's directions to get started on tasks, which... They, Oh, never no, mind. please. Are, are you going to read these and then go into how we can support them? Yeah, okay, I have perfect. the suggestions page that I'm going to read. Okay. Yes. So these are just things to kind of notice to and pick for. up on to look for. Well, yes. I, thank you. That first one, I'm already like, okay, what can I do? Because I do have a student. That, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a big one because, and I, I've already, like you said, seen it this year yeah. of, you give them one step directions and they struggle with that one step. And given it's not everybody, but like it is important to know who, which students are not connecting those. Exactly. Another thing is that they can't keep like something like times tables in their memory while solving a math word problem involving multiplication, which in second grade we do teach multiplication. I think that's probably more for the older grades, but I think that one can be... that's not like a dead set like they can't remember their times table it's a working memory issue right it could be like simple addition you know something something like that for second grade yes another thing is that they don't remember details of what has just been read so a lot of you know comprehension skills if they really struggle with that it could be something with their working memory uh isn't allowed to go on a field trip because they forgot to return their permission slip Maybe the student gets a low grade on his writing assignment because he forgot to use capitalization and punctuation, which I noticed a lot in second grade. So I don't want to say that that's, a, again, a dead giveaway right. because they still struggle with that. 
They maybe perform poorly on tests because they don't recall the information. And then the last one is that they often choose last. They are chosen last for games because he has trouble keeping track of the directions. So that's more of like the social aspect of it. If Mm -hmm. other students start to realize like, "Mm, I don't want him on my team because he usually doesn't remember the rules of the game, whatever it might be. The authors go into specific details of how difficulties with the working memory affect a child's ability in each subject. So he goes over, or they, sorry, um, go over math and writing and reading. But kind of for the sake of time, I wanted to go, go into the suggestions for teachers because the details in the math, aspect, it's like, it, like I said, it goes into each subject and how it looks in each subject. That's really helpful. It is. So you can obviously go back and read those ones. You but I take a picture of it. I, yeah, I, I most definitely can. It's like several pages, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I did really want to read some things that you all can do in your classrooms if you're starting to notice students like this. So obviously students that are forgetting directions and kind of we we've used the word spacey a lot this first week because we have a lot of I hate I I don't want to say it in a mean way but it's not mean but just kind of spacey right they're not fully there sometimes so here are some sorry go ahead yeah yeah no you're absolutely right (laughs) here are some suggestions from the authors the first one says to make sure the child has the foundation for what you're teaching if the foundation is not in place the child will have difficulty grasping and retaining concepts that build on that base sometimes parents are open to providing private tutoring or reinforcing skills at home especially if deficits are pinpointed so that one not I wouldn't say that's more on you. I think that's more on parents is having that foundation of whatever it is you're teaching. So obviously you can't teach multiplication if they still are struggling with addition. Yeah. Another thing is try not to show frustration or surprise with the student's lack of memory. This is just at all times. I mean, I'm so glad you said that because it can it's be so, so hard. Di- like, <sighs> <laughs> Like I just have one student who can't follow a one step direction and it's hard being an adult for me to grasp that. Yes. And I need to take a step back. So I am glad that you said that one. It seems so simple, but like they don't have the skills yet to follow that direction. Yes. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. And it, so, and it just says as frustrated as you might be that your student has lost the information you tried so hard to effectively teach yesterday. Imagine how difficult it probably is for this child. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, as fresh it, it happens, we get frustrated, but especially with these students that you're noticing, it's, it's probably not their fault. Yeah. It's something in their memory we have to kind of take a step back and realize this is probably very difficult for them. Yeah. And I even like, and this is in relation to not to get off on a huge side tangent, Mm -hmm. but in regards to packing up, we have three steps. Um, and what I've done for the students, all of them Mm -hmm. is I do a checklist that has written words of each step. But what I need to do for the student is to provide the visual aid that goes with it. Yeah. I think that, We'll go that a would long be way. that would be helpful. Oh, I need to remember to write in their gratitude journal. <laughs> That's okay. So then the next one says to make lessons as and this uh this one is just like this should be you as a teacher all the time. Make lessons as interesting and interactive as possible. Ensuring that a child is paying attention is the first step to helping him or her remember information. Yeah, stop reading out of a textbook. Yeah, I'm don't just read. Don't just read in front of them. You really, I mean 
the fact that we can make procedures kind of fun and exciting that's how it should just always be it says sometimes it helps to have a special signal that only you and the child know such as a tap on the shoulder to alert the child that important information that needs to be remembered is coming so he needs to focus so maybe Mm -hmm. like you know if you're you're getting to the part of your lesson where it's the objective of the lesson or whatever it might be or the specific detail in history that they need to remember you can kind of tap them and be like and you know, let them know ahead of time, like, hey, when I come tap your desk, it, I really, I need you to be listening um, just so that they can be aware that you have some important things that are going to be said. Right. Yeah. Another one says hands-on and experiential learning yes. can foster attention and retention. If a child's attention and interest have been captured, he or she is more likely to remember material. Yeah. If you're more engaged, you're going to learn. Yes, exactly. Period. The next one is use visuals to accompany mm-hmm. auditory information, providing two ways for the information to enter the memory. Yeah. I need to do that. Next one is try to help the child associate what is being taught with something he already knows. If he Mm. can make that association, it will be much easier to pull information from the long-term storage. So again, keeping, I mean, you want to relate things, something new that they are learning. You want to relate it to something that they already know about, which is why I love that we do like the cycles. We do the water cycle, the seasonal cycle, because once you kind of get that idea you can kind of pull from each lesson like remember Mm -hmm. in in this cycle and you have that like kind of overarching theme yes yeah the next one it says frequently children with memory problems also have difficulty with organization help them see how the skill you are teaching fits in a structure or bigger picture I definitely did that for Mm -hmm. oh what procedure there was (laughs) Oh, it was organizing our desks. Mm-hmm. And I told them the exact format mm-hmm. <laughs> that I wanted the desks. And and then I backed it up by saying, so, like, when you get into the workforce, mm-hmm. you will most likely have an occupation in which you need to be at least somewhat organized. Yeah. And so I'm going to help you form that skill now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to support you by checking in with you mm-hmm. at least monthly. Yeah. And then I had a student ask, because this is so irrelevant but the right hand side of our desk is like much more filled with things than the left hand side because it's like left hand side is just blue binder and their pencil box Mm -hmm. and then the right hand side of their desk is like binder workbook 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 composition notebook notebook, pink notebook reading book literacy it's a lot (laughs) yeah it's like how come there's more on the right and I was like you know (laughs) I don't know yeah I just thought it was so funny. That is funny. I did tell my students about the um, calling out and stuff. So I said, like, because they just, they cannot help it. They just shout out a lot. No. And um, I told them, I was like, imagine me in a meeting with all the teachers. And Dr. Jeffries is up there chatting away. And I decide to just yell out whatever's on my mind. And I was like, do you guys think that that would be okay if I just shouted something out in the middle? And they were all like, well, no, absolutely not. And I was like, yes. So I'm trying to help you guys with this skill right now because if you just blurt out whatever's on your mind, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be difficult for you. (laughs) And I tell them I don't work well in a loud environment. Oh, I told them I can't. I can't do it. I seriously, it drives me up a wall. (laughs) I get so anxious. Yeah. 
Um, and then I'll just do like one or two more. Another one says, once a child has mastered a concept, having him or her teach that concept to another child has been shown to improve retention. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe not like, I would say, I don't know. Not like teaching. I don't know. I don't know how you can implement that. Well, I mean, like I had a student that mastered packing up obviously super quickly and then helped the student that was struggling with it. So like that was good. But I'm trying to think of the reverse for that. Like how do you get the student that is struggling to reiterate Mm -hmm. the steps to the the other person? That's true. Yeah. And then let's see. It says using flashcards and other reminders to reinforce and practice skills. Have the student use checklists to make sure steps have not been forgotten. Um, Let's see. Provide an outline listing steps for multi-step problems, such as steps in regrouping, double-digit subtraction problems. Oh, that's interesting. I've never thought about that for renaming. Yeah, like listing the steps for them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that would be, I feel like, almost more confusing because we do it so meticulously, very, very, very slowly. Yeah. And then this last one, it just says frequent repetition and review um, are very necessary because the use it or lose it applies to all learning absolutely and that's in everything like we review history we review science every single day yeah we review math concepts like Mm -hmm. you have to review oh all the time all the time and then the last thing i'm just going to say is they gave some resources for memory games so they have lumosity is available online and offers some free memory games um but then you can also pay uh and be a subscriber for like more programs uh, L-U-M-O-S-I-T-Y, Lumosity. Okay. And then the other one is Cogmed, C-O-G-M-E-D. This is an online, um, is done online and it supports with the assist- assistance from a coach who monitors progress and checks in weekly. Interesting. That one is obviously cost money, but just like mem- those memory games at a young age, I think are so, so helpful. Yes. But yeah, that's... That is just the working memory part of um, an executive functioning skill is the working memory. So I love it. And I, I need to take these skills into practice mm-hmm. because we do. We do have students that are struggling with some of these with working memory skills. Yeah. And so for me, like I need to add the visual aids and I need mm-hmm. to make sure that I'm checking in with them and providing mm-hmm. all the necessary tools that they need yes. so that it doesn't turn into behavior or something. You yes. know what I mean? As like a means of communication. Oh yeah, for <laughs> because sure. You know it will. Oh yeah. Oh, cool. Great job. Thanks. I just wanted to apologize for my dogs. Like, that was <laughs> they chaos were the cray-cray. entire time. Um, <laughs> I was very distracted. Very okay. sorry I to everybody tell. listening. <laughs> hopefully you guys didn't hear it too, yeah. too bad. It was out in the distance, so hopefully it wasn't bad. Yeah, I'm hoping the mics did not pick that up. <laughs> it was like in and out of the garage door every 10 seconds, which I'm very grateful for David doing that, but yes. I feel bad because it's all I don't good. want it to pick up, but no you did phenomenal. Oh, Definitely thanks. need this going into the beginning of the school year. I know. So. I was so glad I wanted to do the achievement gap, but then I was almost like, this is more helpful to me yeah, right, now. right now. It's so relevant to me right now. And I hope it is to you all as well. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Should we okay. end with our positivo? I was going to say, yes. Do you have one in mind? Um, I was just going to say my positive is just a great start to the school year. Mm, um, yes. It just felt really good to be back and, 
to be back in action. <laughs> I won't lie. I was actually like nervous at first because I was like, what if I've lost my magic touch? Like, what if I lost my love and logic skills? Oh, you no. know, like I did have that lingering fear. But once we got back on Thursday, I was like, nope, we're good. We're it's good. all still there. And yeah, I'm applying it. And things yeah. have just been running really smoothly and very, very grateful. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to finally get into content next yeah. week on Monday. Oh, yeah. It'll be good. We're starting a new math curriculum. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. Uh, my positive is, let's see. Oh, last week I pulled off a little bit of a surprise for Teji with oh, your yeah. bridal. <laughs> that was so good. I was excited cause we had our friend Anna in town and <laughs> I literally cried when I saw her I face. Know. I was oh. like, I hope that you weren't picking up on the fact that we were going out to breakfast and stuff. So, and apparently all the cars were parked out front of the restaurant. I just did not. Well, when you're not thinking of that, like you're not like looking out for somebody's car because we parked right in front of Anna's car. I was like, (laughs) oh, let's go pull up in front of that white car. And it has like a California license plate because she lives in California. Did not Um, put two and two together. Yeah, it was fun. And then we also got to do breakfast with a group of girls from work yesterday, which was also really nice. Goyles. (laughs) But yeah, it's just been a good, a good week and a good kickoff to the year and I'm excited to get the ball rolling. Me too. It's going to be a chaotic month, but a great month. Yes. Skylar's birthday is this week. That it is. On Thursday. In yeah. case you wanted to wish her a happy birthday. <laughs> Thanks. She's going to be 45. <laughs> the big four or five guys. <laughs> Not even close. No. But yeah, we're going to celebrate her birthday and do all the fun things. And I'm going to be moving. And trying to survive it's simultaneously. It's a big week. It's going to be nuts. Because then you don't move into your, ho- your my next, next house, house until, until the 23rd. Yeah. And that's on like a Tuesday. So that <laughs> won't be happening. Yeah. Happen like I'm not trying weekend. to take off PTO in the first month of school. Oh, no. Be ridiculous. But it'll all work out for the best. Yeah. Well, thanks. Right. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for listening. Yeah. You know where to find us uh, on Instagram. <laughs> Uh, apparently i don't know where you can find us <laughs> teachers underscore talk underscore podcast and then oh, you're always welcome to send us an email actually i think somebody sent us an email. <gasps> yeah it was tish it was, yeah she was like hey i sent you an email and i forgot to look at it peace love tish she love already you. gave us a teacher tale love it yes thank thanks, you thanks tish um but you can send us emails at teachers talk pod at gmail.com yeah give us those back to school night stories oh, I should have, yes. I'll, I'll write mine down too yeah mine was a little narnar but yeah. Yeah. it's great yeah good stuff <laughs> all right love you all and catch you next week with something that i don't know of yet yay yay <laughs> goodbye <laughs>